Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. church. Jonathan, I lost connection, so you're on up there. Sorry. Good morning, everyone. I'm really um, excited on this post-Thanksgiving to finish our little short two-week series that we started on giving thanks. Um, And so, you know, it fits obviously with this season and and this time um, of year um, to talk about uh, having a heart of of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude um, towards the Lord. And last week, if you were here, um, Dave gave just an amazing, uh, amazing message um, about, you know, starting us off with giving thanks. And it's funny because we didn't necessarily compare notes before we started this. And so after he was done, I'm like, oh, Lord, what's left? I mean, I really, honestly, I really felt like it was just a, a, just a complete feast um, from God's word on what it means to, to, to give things um, and what it means to be in partnership with, with God and, and, and what it means to radiate God and what it means to give thanks from the inside out. I mean, there was just, there was so much there to feast on. Um, and so then... This week, I've just been praying, all right, Lord, where do you want me to go from here? What do you want for your people? Um, because at this point, it was no longer about what I knew to try to create, because honestly, I didn't feel as if there was anything left. And so I had to leave it really completely into the hands of the Lord. And he gave me pretty quickly um, this thought that it is really easy to live a life of gratitude. It's really easy to be thankful when the spread on the table is beautiful, when the turkey is juicy and all the fixings and all the family comes and and you have this beautiful time or when it's cold outside and you can appreciate the heat on the inside and you know, it's just all of these things, it's really, it, it, it is. It's like, man, God, thank you. But God reminded me of the times when things aren't working out the way they, you want them to. When the difficulties are just on you. When one day your house is standing And the next day, because of a quick moving fire through a place like Paradise, California, you lost everything. Or when you have that wayward child that you wish would be with you and is not because of life choices. Or when that job that has been so good and provided for you is taken away and now you're trying to figure it all out. It's much, much harder in those days and in those times 
to be thankful, to have an attitude of gratitude, to have a heart of thanksgiving. And I believe this morning that God wants to give us a strategy, wants to give us an actual kind of game plan, if you will, for how to have a heart that is continually full of thanksgiving and gratitude no matter how dire the circumstance may be. So it's, it's not necessarily going to be a rah-rah sermon this morning because it has to come from a difficult place to get there. You have to have experienced some of this to realize the truth of what God wants to share with us this morning, but I feel very, very just passionately that this is God's word for living word. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and we're going to get started, and great thing is I don't get to preach it all alone this morning, and so uh, it's going to be a cool morning. So Lord God, we just thank you. God, we thank you that we are called children of yours. God, we don't deserve that, but because of your grace, because of your salvation, because of your mercy, because of your great love for us, Lord God, you made a way possible for us. And so as children, as dearly loved children, as your scripture says, Lord God, we get to the privilege of no matter what the circumstance, good or bad, be a people whose hearts overflow with gratitude. And so God, I just pray that as you want to give a strategy to us this morning, as you want to open up our eyes and our ears to, to hear your word this morning, Lord God, that you would speak clearly to us, Jesus, that somewhere in, even in my kind of babbling of words, Lord God, that you will speak through your spirit to the heart of your children, Lord God, that they would walk out of here different than the way they came in. So God, we welcome your Holy Spirit into this place, and we ask that you would just open up our ears afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Gonna, I'm going to be uh, sharing out of Psalm 118. And so I just want to read Psalm 118 to us. Um, this is kind of where the, the bulk of, of, of what's um, going to be shared this morning is going to come from. Uh, and I just want you to just to, just to hear and, and just to hear these words. It says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and he answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded around me like bees, but they died out as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tent of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. 
Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God. He has made his light shine upon us. With bow, bow in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So I just want to, we're going to start, we're going to kind of, there's four points, four pieces of this strategy that I want to share with you all this morning. So it should be pretty simple, right? I want to make this, and, and I believe that God wants me to share this um, in a way that the youngest in this room can understand these, these simple yet profound truths of God. And number one uh, is found right in verse 1 of Psalm 118. And it says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. So to, to kind of help share a little bit about um, understanding that God is good, I've invited Micah, who's going to come and just share a little bit, a uh, testimony, a little story about um, just how God has been good to him. You guys, he's nervous, so welcome him as he comes. So uh, first off, I want to share that God is good because I woke up this morning on time. Um, <laughs> I heard my alarm, which is not a normal thing that I can do. <laughs> um, but uh, this is how I want to start it off. Um, in my high school years, uh, life was tough. Um, I fell into a lot of temptation and a lot of things I'm not proud of. Things were bad, and I didn't want anything really to even do with God. I wanted to run away from him. It wasn't even like I was thinking about a relationship with him, but rather I was thinking I wasn't even thinking about him at all. I was selfish, I was sneaky, and I was not myself, but the Lord blessed me with two amazing people, two people I call mom and dad. He gave me two wonderful, actually scratch that, amazing and loving parents. I can't thank them enough for what they've sacrificed and done for me. And, of course, my guy Andy, who has relentlessly been working with me on myself and my relationship, relationship with Jesus Christ. I couldn't thank Andy and my parents enough. That is one reason why God is good. Now, I wanted to mention all that I just did to show you the impact people can have in your life and how thankful I am for God and how he worked those relationships and put those certain people into my life to work with me. But now I want to give you a small story of how my life has been changed by him. Throughout high school, my life went through a drastic change. I was getting into a ton of things I shouldn't have been getting into. Now, I don't want to get into detail, but it wasn't good, and it was very sinful. I was at an all-time low. 
I often find myself hiding a lot of things and lying to a lot of people about things so I could get through each day. I did not have a relationship with God. Even though I knew of him and accepted him into my life as a child, I did not pursue a better relationship with him in high school. Um, I, was, I wasn't seeking him and looking for his help, but was instead straying away. But no matter what, even through all those tough times and areas in my life where I tried to stay away from relationship with God, God is good. I had no idea what he had in store for me. He found me in the hardest time of my life. Through many relationships and many trials, he found me. I'll never forget the day I really felt a difference in my heart. I had many of these days where I felt different in my heart, but I wouldn't stick with it. Um, This day that I really felt him in my heart and felt changed was Sunday, September 29, 2018, so just a couple months ago. Um, I just got back from a weekend of partying at another college, and I was sneaky about it and lied to my parents about where I was. But that day on the ride home, I knew this life wasn't for me, and I knew God was still working with me. I got home, and my parents took me and talked to me about life, and there were many prayers and many broken hearts that day. Then that day, something changed. Through many prayers and many hard times, I can stand up here and say that I am thankful for my Savior. Looking back on those tough times, no matter what, I will always be thankful for him. And that God is good. Thank you. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And sometimes we forget in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of trial, in the midst of moments in our lives where we're not making the best decisions, um, as Micah just shared, we, we get kind of tunnel vision into seeing the problem and not seeing God. And I would say maybe it's possible that if Micah was a uh, you know, able to see into the future. He would see from those high school days to today, and not that he's perfect by any means. None of us are, but he may have seen from those days to today and see how things were going to kind of continue to play out in his life, and he could have said back then, God is good for what's going to happen four or five or whatever years later. But what I want us to, to be mindful of, and part of this strategy number one is that when we can acknowledge, and no matter what goes on, that God is good. You know, and it's funny, I spent like the whole week going back and forth in my mind about why is good good enough in Scripture, right? Why isn't God the best? Why, why does it just, you know, I mean, there's the big debate about, you know, Michael Jordan and LeBron James and who's the best, right? I mean, it's an ongoing, this ongoing thing, yet Scripture is, is just so clear and it's so simply put that God is good. And the only thing that I've kind of come up with is when there is no compare, good is good enough. When there's nothing that even comes close, 
He doesn't have to be better than anything because he's better than all things. And so his goodness, when he says he's good, that means every other thing we could imagine. Better, best, amazing, whatever. You know, we were at a training and they talked about how people in, in tragedy are going through trauma, going through difficult things. That problem becomes the biggest thing in their lives. And when that's the biggest thing in your life, when your problem is right here, guess what you can't see? You don't see anything else. All you see is the problem. And as we begin to kind of step back and we begin to kind of step back and say, well, God, what is going on? What are you doing in all of this? How are you in the midst of all of this? And we begin to step back. The problem begins to get a bit smaller in light of the hugeness, the vastness of our God. And that's when we can say, you know what, God, I know I'm going through it right now, but you're still good. Because you, I know you love me. I know you care. I know you're there. We're able to be able to take a, not a a pie in the sky view of life, Difficult things do come, and they stink. Trust me, I am speaking from a very recent experience that when difficult things happen, they are, it is hard to see God sometimes because the focus is right here. But I will tell you, and this is part of this strategy that David shares in this song that was sung is that we are to give thanks to the Lord, not because everything is going the way we want, but because God is good. Because he's good. Because there is no compare. Because it may not be playing out the way we wanted it to, but we can trust and know that he has our best He has our best in his heart and mind. And I'll tell you, only God can give you that revelation because we are people who see the problem. We see what's painful in front of us. And I'm telling you this morning from God's word that he is good. That despite what we see in front of us, he has a plan. And I will tell you that that plan is always good. Amen? So number one, we're giving thanks because he is good. And kind of starting the image thing that Dave started last week, for those of us who kind of are more visual, you know, you get the thumbs up. God is good. Number two, it's in that same verse. His love endures forever. We give thanks because God is love. No matter what that difficulty is, and I know this is hard, especially when you're walking through flames, you're walking through fire, you're walking through the crucible of life, the most difficult things, and you're feeling very quickly isolated like, God, you can't be present because if you were this would not be happening. You can't be loving me right now because if you were loving me, then you would love me according to my love language. And my love language is everything going really good. 
So if you want God me to, to sense and to feel your love, then you got to do it according to my love language. And we demand this of God. And God is saying, it really is not about your love language. Your love language simply needs to be to know that I am love. That you have no love language without me. I mean, here's the reality. First John 4, 8 through 10 says, whoever, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, do you want the good news no matter what your circumstance is? Can I give you a little bit? It says this. This is how God showed his love among us. Now, in this, this is where I insert my love language. Well, this is how God showed his love among us, that he gave me everything I wanted. He kept away every problem from my door, and everything around me is awesome, as the Lego movie song says. Right? But no, the scripture says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Or better yet, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 said, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. The ability that we have to be thankful, even in the most difficult times, even when it's painful, is that God loved us so much that he saved. And no difficulty diminishes what God accomplished on that cross. No hard part of our life diminishes what God did for us. There is, there is nothing that we will ever experience in our lives that will diminish what God has done for us. C.S. Lewis said it this way, though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. It doesn't stop. He is with us. He is there for us. He is love. So, number one, simply, and we know that we can give thanks through no matter what the circumstance, no matter what's going on, because he's good. And he will always, always be good. And number two, we give thanks because he is love and because he loves us even when we are going through the things that we go through. And then number three, moving guys, we give thanks because he is our refuge. Let's look at verses eight and nine of Psalm 118. It says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And this isn't about our own prince here. Um, but I will tell, I was about to say, I'm glad it, they recognize it because it is still true. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than in princes. Psalm 46, 1 through 7 says this, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, 
though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose stream make me glad at the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Why can we give thanks even in the midst of difficult times? Because he is our refuge. He provides a safe space even in the midst of chaos around us. And I have seen this, I mean, so many times in my own life where I've gone through things and the only retreat, the only place where I feel safe, sometimes it's just when I'm on my knees in prayer talking to God or when I've got the Bible open and I'm just reading. And sometimes I, it's even hard to believe the things I'm reading about, how he cares for me and how he loves me and how he'll never leave or forsake me, but I just keep reading anyway. Lord, make this make sense right now. Make this have the impact that I know so I could read it and know that it's true because right now I don't feel like it's true. And, and I just continue to repeat the words over and over and over and over and over again. And I find refuge. I find a hiding place. I find a help in his word and in my prayer when I am in this place of trouble. I'm not speaking these things as things that I've heard. I'm speaking these things of things that I have witnessed in my own heart. That God is indeed our refuge. That he is indeed a strong tower. That when we run to him, we are safe even when the enemy is coming at us, and he does because we know Scripture tells us he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, he's not playing around. He's going for it all, yet we run to him, and we're safe. He is our refuge. Therefore, we can give thanks in all situations. Therefore, no matter how bad it gets, we can run to our God, and our God is there. Therefore, we will be found safe, no matter what. And finally, strategy number four. We simply are able to give thanks in all situations because he is God. Verse 28 says this, you are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Is that enough? No, in all honesty, is that enough? That you can give thanks no matter what, because we are children of the living Psalm 100, verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. 2 Samuel twenty-two twenty-seven 27 says, 
and following says, to the faithful, show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for my God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. We can give thanks no matter what the circumstance because he is God, which means he is in control of everything. And I know sometimes that is a hard reality, a hard realization to come to because we're like, well, God, if you're in control of everything, then I shouldn't have to go through this in the first place. And I wish I could give you a full explanation of all of that only to say that his ways are greater than our ways. That we are forged, our faith is forged in the fire that there are things that God can only teach us through difficulty. He can only teach us if our eyes are open and everything is laid bare when we realize that there is nothing we can do beside rely on him because he knows our human nature. And he knows that if there's anything else we could do, we would just do it. So sometimes things have to be so difficult. I know this sounds so wrong, but he knows what he's doing. Because he is God, that sometimes we have to walk through some things so difficult in order for his plan to be revealed. I mean, I'll tell you guys, and this is nothing new, and this is a story you've, you've heard probably from me before even standing here about my own father. I had no real good relationship with him. And through a series of unfortunate events in his life, he ended up having to come live with us. The toughest thing in my life because I did not want him to live with me as an adult. He wasn't there when I was a kid and I didn't feel any heart to be for him when he needed me yet I had to be obedient. That and I was married to Michelle, who just is a forgiving person. <laughs> so it was both the Lord and my wife, or my wife through Lord through my wife. I don't know, however it worked, he came to live with us. And I'll tell you, my heart fought it. But because he's God, he knew. He knew what I needed. And he had to take my dad through a series of just horrible things that happened to get him to the point where he actually would humble himself enough to need to come. And I think it also had to be horrible enough for me to humble myself enough to invite him in. 
And I will tell you, first time I ever watched a football game with my dad, and I played football high school and college, was at 32 years old in my living room. First time we'd ever, first time I got a chance to say some of the things I really needed to say. And let me tell you why he's God. Because if that hadn't happened just a few years ago, when he passed away, so many things would have been left unsaid. So many regrets that I would have lived with because I never took the opportunity, never got the opportunity. But you guys, our God, our God is so good. He is so loving. He is such a refuge and he's God so he knows all that he had to bring us through those things so that I can end up in a situation where me and my dad were able to reconcile after years and years of just brokenness and mess. I'm telling you guys, he is able. He is capable. He can and he will do That is our God. He's enough. I wouldn't have asked for it to happen that way, you all. If I could have rewritten or wrote the book myself, that's not the way that story would have played out. Yet and still, because our God knows what he knows, he understands our sin, he understands our brokenness, and he understands what it takes if we just trust him, even in the most difficult moments in our lives, in the most difficult stories, things that are happening in our lives, if we would just trust him. He is faithful to his children. That's real. That's kind of a heavy story. I want to leave you guys with a little bit of a lighter one. When we talk about giving thanks in the midst of, of trial and difficulty. And I'm going to close with this. I'm on my very first missions trip. Quick plug, the Soma youth group is going to be going to Japan, so keep praying for them this summer. It's a big deal. Um, so, yep. I want to keep that on our radar because we're praying for ticket prices right now. All right. I was on my first ever missions trip as a college student, and we went to serve in Honduras. And part of our serving was to go to this small island off the coast of Honduras in these small eight-seater planes or 10-seater planes. And so it was 40 of us. And so we had to fly a group of 10. Then the plane had to turn around, go back, and grab the next group of 10. So what should have just taken about an hour or hour and 20 minutes, by the time everybody got there, we were sitting in an airport that was probably the size of this wing for like five hours. Then... They sent this old bus, and I mean old school bus, to come pick us up. So now we finally get there. So we're just, we're just wanting to get to where we're getting. The island, it's not a very big island, but you still have to kind of go through the jungle. The airport's on one end, and the town where we were staying is on the other end. And so we're driving in this bus, the four of us. It's now dark. I mean, and when I'm talking about dark, like island dark, like in the middle of ocean dark. <laughs> and... We're driving, and all of a sudden, we see smoke. And we're just like, what in the world? The, the, the bus is now catching on fire. So you're going up and down these hills, and, you know, it struggles up the hill and coasts down. It struggles up. It's crazy. Well, at one point, we see the flames now shooting through 
the, the board coming into the bus. And so now the bus driver stops and says, all right, everybody has to get up. We can't get up the hill. So the bus driver and the navigator are throwing sand from the road onto the engine of the bus to put the fire out. And he says, there's no way the bus is going to get up this hill with you guys on here. So you guys will have to get out. Now, I'm a city boy. This is at 19 years old. So I'm, I'm not, you know, and we walk in pitch black dark. This is before cell phones with flashlights on them. You literally actually had to have a flashlight if you were going to see anything, which none of us did because we weren't traveling with a flashlight. And we walk in now the dark. There are fruit bats the size of condors flying overhead. Like when you hear their wings, they sound like helicopters. Like it was that kind of, I'm sure I'm exaggerating, but I promise that's the way it felt. And so they got fruit bats. The jungle is literally this far. I mean, the road is like this wide. The jungles on both sides, noises I've never heard before are just going off in like a symphony of fear. And we walk up to the top of this hill. I had to get out of the bus and walk up to the top of the hill. And most of you have heard this story before. I will tell you, I have never in my life ever seen stars like that. I mean, it was the most, only in my imagination. And in my imagination, it doesn't even come close to what it looked like. The bus had to catch fire, had to not be able to get up the hill. We had to walk through the jungle up the top of a hill in sand, no less, in this difficult, difficult circumstance in order to see God's glory revealed in the sky above. Church, please hear me. The difficult that you face is not just so that you're just buried in difficult and hard. It is so that God wants to reveal his glory in a powerful and profound way. And the only way sometimes he will get our attention is if things implode. And when they do, we can give thanks because we can say, God, I know on the other side of this, there's going to be something amazing. And so we can always be thankful in that. We are going to take communion as of just our final kind of exercise together, and we're going to invite our ushers to come. And as our as this, as our we kind of get into this this time of of communion, it is about remembering what Christ did on that cross. It is about remembering His body that was broken. It is about remembering His blood that was shed. But it is also about this continued heart of gratitude, of thankfulness that says that I am going to take this cracker and I'm going to drink from this cup. And right now, things may not be going perfect in my life, but it's okay. Because God, because of who you are, I can, I can remember what you did on that cross and your love for me. I can remember how good you are to me. I can remember all of these things, God, that it, right now it's hard, but I know that I know that I know that because you are God, you are enough. So I'm going to pray for us. And as we do, um, we're going to have them come forward. Or do you want to pass my We're going to pass out. And then we're going to take um, communion together. So I'm going to pray, and then they're going to sing a song. And as they pass it out, just hold on to it. 
and we're going to take communion together. So, Lord God, I thank you. I don't deserve, I don't deserve your goodness. I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve your mercies that are new every morning. But God, you give anyway. Because you're good. Because you love. Because you're our refuge. God, just because you are who you are. Lord God, we are the the grateful recipients of all the good that you have for us. Doesn't mean everything is perfect. Doesn't mean we don't have trials. Because God, your scripture says in this world we will have trouble. But God, the good news is you've overcome the world. And so, Lord God, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you that we as your children are people with hope. I thank you that we, as your children, are people who know that you will never leave us nor forsake us, no matter what. And so, God, I pray for anyone in this space right now, God, who is, who is feeling the pressure, who is feeling the sting of life, Lord God, who is feeling the difficulty even now, Lord God, I pray, God, that their focus would go off of that whatever is there, and they would see you, Lord God, in the midst, that you're walking with them hand in hand, Lord God. God, that they may feel and know and experience your presence right now, Jesus. And so, God, I just pray that as we prepare to take communion, Lord God, God, that we would take these moments, God, and that we would, we would just examine our own hearts. Lord God, if there's anything that is within us, God, that that you need to just do some quick surgery on, Lord. God, I ask that you would do so. God, if there's any unforgiveness, if there's any, Lord, brokenness, God, if we just need to just take a moment, God, just to, just to thank you, even as we're going through the storm, God, I pray that we would take this time, Lord, just to, just to do business with you. So we thank you for your word, Lord God. Now, God, help us to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.